Fabricating hard lines for your vehicle isn't something that you need to go to a professional shop to achieve. You can do it at home with some basic tools by yourself. We're here with Tony from Brakequip to talk about it. Welcome to High Performance Academy's Tuned In Field Report podcast series. In these special midweek episodes, we look back through our archives to find the best conversations we've had through years worth of attending the best automotive events across the globe. We've pulled the audio from these tech-filled interviews with some of the industry's most well-known figures and presented it in podcast format for you to enjoy as a quick hit of insider knowledge. So why in particular would we want to choose going with hard lines? What's the benefit of that over soft lines or um, rated lines for the vehicle? It comes down to presentation and expansion. Expansion is going to be your safety point. The longer the hose, if you're using a flex line, it's going to expand and you're going to have a spongy brake pedal and that's going to come into a safety issue. And then routing uh, like braided lines, flexible lines throughout the car, what's the issue there? You're going to have to add a lot of brackets and support systems to make it really flow and look clean. Yeah, so the, the hard lines are really a clean, tidy way of doing it. And if you're using a long length, that's avoiding the potential joins, which can result in leaks. Correct. Yep. So what's the most common material we see brake lines in and maybe the sizing as well? So traditionally coming off of your vehicle is going to be a steel line. We've found in the industry it's better to switch over to a copper nickel. It's going to give you better properties for corrosion resistance, and it's a lot easier to work with when you're bending and flaring it. Right. So, yeah, a bit more ductile than the steel and, and more corrosion resistance. Do we also see stainless steel used for brake lines? Yep. We have a special annealed stainless that is easier for you to be able to flare as well, and those are for different applications. So stainless is going to be a performance as well as if you're submerging it in a saltwater application. So trailers, we seem to find that on a lot. Yeah, so that's a marine environment. The copper nickel, not so good in that? It is, but you want that extra layer of protection where copper nickel is better in your northern states where you're going to see a lot of salt sprays and stuff like that coming off the road. With the the sizing you mentioned, uh, three sixteenths, was that right for the most common kind of size for brake lines? Yep. Your most common size is going to be three sixteenths, and then you're going to end up putting a 45 degree flare on that. Right. And if we're going to move into bigger lines for other liquids like fuel or uh, water, oil for cooling turbos or something like that. Do we use the same kind of tools to work with those lines? Everything up to a transmission you would. Transmission is a little bit of a different style of flare, so you would match your angle or your degree with whether it's a double bubble din type flare, and then you'd put your setting and go from there. Right, so we mentioned a, f a few flare types there, 45 degree din. It's the most common thing that we see on, on vehicles. Most common is going to be your 45 double flare, and that's going to be on your 316 line. In terms of the DIN, would we see that on any automotive applications? Yes, you'd see that going into more of your European cars. Do you want to take your car knowledge game to the next level? Join us in the next free lesson at hpacademy.com free and start developing your own skills today. In terms of actually working with the uh, raw material, what type of state do you buy it in and then what type of tools do you need to then convert that into the brake lines for your vehicle? So we found it's best if you buy it into a coil, one that cuts down on your shipping costs, and also you're able to get a continuous length. So whether it's 25 feet or 100, it's going to cut down on where you have all of your joiners and your connection pieces. It's going to reduce leaks. So you can use some of our, we have a couple of different benders, get the angles that you're trying to accomplish. We have straighteners that you'll feed the line through. 
and the straightener will do 100 feet or 25 feet. It's just a continuous length. So the process kind of start to finish there. You're starting with your uh, coil of material and then straighten it, slide on the fittings, or bend it and then flare it. Is that kind of the basic process? Basically, yes. You want to make sure definitely before you flare it that you've identified what tube nut style that you're going for and then go ahead and make sure that all your seats are going to match up and flare it. And get those those fittings on the line before you... line is important. <laughs> right. So is this something that really a normal person could do in their home workshop as long as they have the right tools? Absolutely. As long as you have a quality tubing and you're using quality tools, you can do this. A lot of people tend to use homemade tools or fixes from a local repair shop that maybe is not as quality and then they reduce their flare and they don't have the right seating. And if it's not seating properly, it's going to leak and you're going to start over. Right. And in terms of like, that sounds like a common mistake people make choosing the wrong tools for the job in the first place. Is there any other common things that you see people doing that lead to issues in the future? Cutting costs. Uh, If you're not using a quality tubing, you're going to be working twice as hard. And you're not going to get those nice bends. You're going to have marred up tubing. And when you're marring it up, you're reducing its life. Yeah. So do it once, do it right kind of thing. Yeah. And then in terms of like the basic package of tools, we touched on this a little bit before, but just again, what are the basic tools that someone needs to get started and make hard lines for their vehicle? Obviously, you need a good flaring tool. You want to start out with the 45 degree. That's going to make sure that you can do all of the brake applications. You want to get a good quality straightener that's not going to damage your tooling or anything like that as you're uncoiling when you get it in. Then you want to go ahead and get a couple of benders, whether you're going to 180 degrees or a tight 90, some straighteners that you can fix those mistakes as you go through and maybe some stopper kits to keep things from leaking along the way. But we have all of that. So if people did want to find out more about your products or potentially purchase them, where can they go? They can go to breakquip.com and find everything we have online. Awesome. Thank you very much for your time. If you enjoyed this podcast, please feel free to leave a review on whatever platform you've chosen to listen to it on. It goes a long way to help us getting the word out there. All these conversations and much more are also available in full on our High Performance Academy YouTube channel, so make sure you subscribe. It's a one-stop shop when it comes to going faster, stopping quicker and cornering better.